Hi, this is William Tharp, and welcome back to the Home Quizzes podcast. Uh, today in episode two, we're going to talk about spatial pancakes. Um, I want you to just take a step back. If you haven't listened to my original podcast, uh, go back and listen to that. But there's a brief mention that I spoke of uh, where I worked with the city of Miami uh, for about 10 years, dealing with varying systems. And, and one of the ones that I had worked with that I was most proud was uh, what we call the uh, geographic information system for the city. At the core of this system, we called it the geodatabase, which contained about 120 separate layers of information from various departments uh, in the city, all covering a range of things from um, boundaries of the city to the different uh, street networks, addresses, you know, police boundaries, fires, and they all worked together in this uh, so that systems could run the city. So now in the title, I use the word spatial. In the dictionary, spatial is defined as relating to or occupying space. Uh, a geodatabase is re- referred to as a spatial database because all the layers uh, or sets of data can be related to each other um, by a specific point of reference. Now, the second word I used was pancakes. And I did that kind of to give you kind of the background on the special sauce of how this happens. Now. The database can do this by having each of the layers set to the same geographic reference or coordinate system. It's kind of like uh, setting your watch to an atomic clock or Greenwich time. Uh, once all the layers have the exact same point of reference, then the geodatabase can, can use the geometry and, and mathematic equations to combine and relate the data together and provide the user the requested data. Now. This is huge in the aspect that there aren't any like table-to-table relations like in a normal database. You know, this is this is far advanced and supremely um, more agile than say your Oracle database or your um, SQL database because you don't have to have unique keys interrelating to each other to do a join. This is just you want a polygon to go through the entire set of layers. You can grab it all. You can point the same way. It, it's a lot a lot quicker, faster, and abler to handle um, decision-making processes for these systems, which is why we build upon them and create them. Now, in that image of a pancake, I want you to have, I want you to kind of think about replacing that pancake. I I have a picture here. Unfortunately, you don't. So that's why I wanted to use that description. So in your mind, take that pancake out and replace each pancake, if you would, with a, a layer of information in your mind. And let's do that by by thinking um, each one of them separately. So these layers have to be unique with one constraint. They have to have either points, they have to have either um, polygons, or they have to have lines. But they can't have them all. And and so we we tend to group them that way accordingly. So uh, let's say we took the street addresses for the city of Miami, and I open that layer for you and throw you know let you look at it on my screen. You would you would see thousands and thousands of points just kind of to you what would seem randomly scattered throughout you know uh, the layer if we opened up the the parcel layer you know parcel is a way of showing uh, real estate ownership usually and uh, if you've ever worked with an assessor's office or Zillow those little squares that they're reflecting that's a parcel that's kind of the reference for it it kind of shows the surveyed outline of what the land boundaries should be 
So they're all reflected as polygons of some form or fashion, never usually a, a direct square. They're usually elongated or rectangle, you know, pie shape. There are all kinds of different shapes and sizes. But if I was to open one up, you might guess what it is, but you know, unless you're a train, not a trained eye or, or like I said, working like I have for years in real estate, it's may, may not catch you at first. The one you'll probably catch right off the bat is going to be the street um, network. And that's going to be because um, it's going to have all the lines together. You're going to see lines, you know, kind of joining together, form things that look like interstates and highways. So if I was opening that layer, it would probably make the most sense to you by itself. Now, if you, you were to add these layers, like in that, that pancake, one to two to three on top of each other, and then turn them and look at from the top, it's going to, the aha moment will come instantly. Oh, I'm looking at a map and it'll make perfect sense. So, um, what I've just described in these sets of, uh, uh is a set of, uh, special pancakes that you probably have consumed five or 10 times today or will by the end of it by using applications like Zillow. You know, if you're looking up property information or, uh, perhaps, uh, Google maps, if you're looking up how to get from point A to point B or ways, if you're trying to get navigation or, you know, Yelp, for instance, if, you know, it's lunchtime and you're trying to figure out the closest Chinese to where you are and with the best ratings, you know, all these use the same three sets of layers repetitively. Uh, what they'll do is they'll take that address point and there's a label behind it that says the address and they'll just tie the business data or um, the house data or the whatever to that particular point and they'll navigate you to it using the street. Now, today we take all this for granted. I mean, you know, everybody who's used um, any of these applications in the last five years have totally taken for granted the ability to find a Starbucks anywhere in the world and navigate to it in a matter of minutes. Uh, but that didn't happen 20 years ago. And, and one of the things you've got to really take a step back and understand is that the reason we're able to do that is because cities, counties, states, and major corporations have spent decades and billions of dollars over over these years creating these spatial databases and you know correcting and perfecting them and making them available to each other by joining them through you know coordinate systems so a lot of a lot of uh work and infrastructure has gone over in the last 20 years to give us you know what we take for granted on the internet today uh, I, I realized in, in the city of miami it took us two years just to straighten out and make sure our our street network was accurate uh, we also did the same thing for addresses. In fact, we had to literally go out and just throw throw a few of the addresses to the wall and use an aerial. We would collect either a six or, or, or three inch aerial and then use, you know, manually edit and move those uh, address points in front of houses or businesses. And it took us years to figure out ways of creating systems to actually maintain that. So now, now it's regularly done by the city uh, every every day of the year and and usually updated once a month so that it's the most fresh accurate data in the world so or at least for the city itself but you might wonder why spend all that time why spend all that effort in doing that i mean you know it it, it seems kind of strange so uh let me uh distract you for a moment and uh one of one of the kids in my favorite tv shows when we get a chance to watch it's macgyver on cbs so a uh, short commercial for them but if you were a washer of the program, or perhaps you saw the one that, that, that came earlier back in the 80s that was enjoyable as well, 
Uh, you remember that MacGyver was always in a situation of trying to defuse a bomb, and in the new version, he and Jack are usually out trying to save the world in one aspect or another of themselves. And one of the things that they never want to do, of course, is cut the wrong wire or um, cross the wrong wire. You know, you don't want to cross the white with the black because that means boom. Well, we don't want to go boom, and neither do we want our characters, but there's also an important one in the city's life that, that is a real-life concern. It's much like, you know, the one that I just kind of referred to you. The, um, the city is remarkably similar, except that in, it's not always dealing with bombs. In cities, they're trying to save lives. The city is responsible in its employees for maintaining um, a street network that allows the police and fire dispatch um, to get police cars and, and, of course, fire trucks to the right place at the right time as quickly as possible. Now, we try to work on getting that within four minutes of speed anywhere in the city at any time. And the reason for that is after about four minutes, the brain starts to be permanently damaged if it loses oxygen and blood. So we try to create a street network, a placement of fire and police vehicles and or a constant understanding of where they are to ensure that if somebody calls 911 at any time, within four minutes, we can get a unit to their door and we can begin immediately helping them in any ways in order to prevent these issues and permanent trauma or damage from occurring to the, whoever was hurt. Obviously, if, if the street, like in the MacGyver scenario, is, um, is crossed or not spatially in the correct place, then fire and police response to the patient will be delayed. And that could be the difference of, you know, damage or possibly loss of life. So you can understand why that's such an important thing for the cities and, and why they invest the time, the money and effort to ensure that their, their networks are the best and up to date as possible. So uh, while you're navigating the streets of your city today, um, and take a, take a second to appreciate um, your daily spatial pancakes. Uh, mentally think, if, if you would, just a second, you know, all of the, the professionals, the cities and, and and all the agencies, you know, uh, counties and state as well, that, that spent years making it possible for you to get to Starbucks as quickly as possible during rush hour in the morning on your way to work or perhaps picking up that Chinese on the way home. And uh, with that, I'm going to say goodnight and, or, you know, let you go on this one. And thank you for listening to the podcast. This is William Tharp, and I uh, have a great day, okay? Talk to you in the next one.